Hello, welcome to Journeys in Grace. This is Eric Hubbard, and we're here today to start a new series called The Inner Me or The Inner Image. And I'm going to give you a couple of ways to reach out to us if you so desire. One by mail at Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia 30061. Or by email at Pastor Eric 523 at gmail.com. That's Pastor Eric 523 at gmail.com. And today I'm just uh, excited about a, this series, and I hope that uh, uh, if you can get what I feel, then you will certainly uh, get a revelation. Because revelation, uh, as one of my favorite preachers sings, brings revolution. It can, be, it can bring a revolution, an uprising in your spirit, and cause us uh, to, 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 to invoke change, not only in us, but we are the ones. We are the Christ that people see. We are the Christ that will affect the world now. We are the effect for our families, for our, uh, for our neighbors, for our, uh, you know, for uh, our enemies even. Because people, we affect people. God uses people. He uses. He wants to use you. If you're listening to this message today, you are a prime candidate for God to use in this hour, in this time. And as we read in the book of Esther, if you would ever take time out to just read that book in the Old Testament, um, her uncle told her, for such a time as this, this is the time, this is the day. We weren't meant to be born in the 1800s or 1700s or, or even the uh, early 1900s. We, are, we were meant to be alive right now. You are meant to be on this planet because God has a plan and a purpose for you. But it's so important. Because they're, uh, the good, which is God, and the evil, which is the enemy, desires to build an image in you. The question is, which image will you accept? What will you be allowed to be constructed in your life? What are you going to allow to be built? Because our inner man, which is the one that nobody sees. All of us have uh, uh, the erected facade, as some people said. If you've ever seen a Hollywood uh, soundstage or a place where they conduct movies or television shows there are sound stages on the outside it looks like it's a gigantic skyscraper this old cabin and if you just went behind the structure superstructure if you went behind the facade you will see it's just an empty parking lot behind there are no wind there's no there's no inside and see that's what the enemy wants to build he wants us to be people with a facade that we're happy on the outside and we're broken on the inside but I, for a believer, Jesus has taken away all of those things out of our lives. The only thing the enemy has is reruns. He can only show you what you used to be. He can tell you what you used to do. He can replay all of those things that happened in your past because he wants to build an image of defeat, of lack, and of brokenness. And if he can get you to receive the lie and believe the lie, then you will have erected a, de a defeated person on the inside who speaks one thing, but who lives another. Because it's the inside man. It's the inside man. What did Jesus say about the inside man? He said, with their lips, these people worship me. But he said, their hearts are far from me. But being a believer who has received the word of God, who has taken on what God has spoken to us and was written in, in us and actually just believed it. We believe what he said. 
And if you if, and if, as we go in this teaching today, that's what we're talking about in this portion of, of the message. It's about the image, the inner me, not the enemy, because we also can build a, a, a in, we can allow the enemy in me to be a destruction, destruction, because what we uh, this used to be said many times, and it is a truth, that we, we, we say what we see, but really we say what we imagine. Scripture says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. You know, some people, you ever heard, we've always heard that adage of when, it's, when you take two people, one with a positive uh, 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 look to the future and the other with a negative, and you take a glass, uh, uh, an eight-ounce glass, and you fill it with four, four ounces. The person negative uh, um, outlook will say, you know what? That glass is only half full. I never get the whole thing. Where the one with the positive image said, you know what? It's half full. That one will say it's half empty. The other will say it's half full. Why? Because then you know what? Just, a, just four ounces more and I got everything I need. It's the inside man. The inside man which we desire that God would take and it would be that Christ would be formed in us. And I don't want to get ahead of myself, but that's what the ultimate goal is, that Christ will be formed in us and that we will receive what God has for us today. And as we move forward in this teaching, let's start out uh, first with a definition about image. Um, this is a, a definition I got from uh, an older version of Webster Dictionary. It says, an image is one which is formed from the likeness in the mind by, by, by recollections. In other words, it's what we remember. We build, images can come, be formed, or be built by what we remember. And see, for us, it's the word of God. that That's why we want to, to ingest, to, 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 to take the word of God and to read it. And to meditate on it, we are, then we begin to build an image. We begin to build Christ in us. We begin to take on that because our old man is gone. Your spiritual man today is ready for the rapture. But your, but your mind, will, and emotion, your soulless man, he's got to be transformed. That's why, uh, as we're going to read later on in um, the book of Romans chapter 12, it talks about how that we've got to be transformed. But to begin this talking and begin this teaching today, we're talking about the image, that inside man, that inside uh, person who's on the inside of you, who's, who's, who's there and who, who hears everything that comes from the spirit. And if your spiritual man is allowed to, 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 to receive the revelation, see your spirit, he's in contact with God. Your soul is the one that's got to take that revelation that comes from God and then transmote it, trans, uh, trans, uh, transfer it from your soul to your, 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 to your mind. And then you've got to begin to speak it out of your mouth. And see, if we'll take it in, good. We've always heard, uh, and being in computers for many years, when I began, they'd always say, garbage in, garbage out. Whatever you feed a computer, if you give it bad data, it's going to re return to you bad data. And so we transpose that to the scripture. If you feed your body, if you feed your mind the word of God, the true revelation of the word. See, there are many misconceptions and misinterpretations uh, of the scripture 
See, you can take a you can take a lie and believe a lie. You will live a lie. But Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, and the light." See, we have to come by Him. He is the way, and if we come by the truth, then we'll that image of Christ will be formed in us. And so let's go. Let's go read a little bit more about uh, image. It says the image also is an idea, a representation of anything to the mind or a conception. And see, when we talk about conception, we get to break that down into conceiving. A, a woman conceives a child. That's got to be a conception of that child when she receives the seed from the man, and that child, when that uh, that that that's. The sperm from the man and the egg from the woman, is con- that baby is conceived. It's the same with the word of God. When Jesus talked about the, the soil that was good soil, it was soil with thorns, sown with rocks. But when, he la- but when the word landed on good soil, the seed was, went into the soil and it, and it con- was conceived. The outer parts of that shell, when we're talking about a seed put in the ground, it, 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 uh, it's, it decomposes the outside. And then the seed breaks forth. And see, same with the baby. Once that baby go is, is, is conceived and the egg and the, and the uh, sperm unite. And after nine months, that baby is conceived. It's born, it's birthed. And see, that's what we, God wants us to do is to birth the word on the inside of us. The enemy wants to destroy everything that God, he wants to change your image. To make you believe the lie that you are something that you are not. For we say what we see. But we also say what we imagine. You remember the scripture in the, in the Old Testament? Uh, in, in Proverbs it says out of the, out that, 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 that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life. But why? Because out from your mouth comes that which you have conceived. Which you believe on the inside, man. That image that is born because you believe, as, as Proverbs 28 says, that uh, the righteous are bold as a lion. But the defeated believer, the defeated uh, uh, believer is never defeated, but a deceived believer will believe. I heard one preacher say, he said, he said there's non-believing believers. Yes, you received Christ. Yes, you. Uh, but many people say, oh, you know that, that, that something good is going to happen to me today. Oh, nothing good ever happens to me. It's never, you know, it, 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 I'm always just one, one minute, one dollar short. One, one step too slow. Uh, uh, always miss the promotion. Never get put, moved forward. And see, that's a defeated foe. That's a defeated uh, 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 believer because they are what's been built up in them. What's been formed has been defeat, loss, digression, and rather progression. And these things have been formed because the image on the inside is not true to what God has prepared for that person. So we're going to go now into the scripture. Let's go over to the book of Genesis. We're going to go to the book of Genesis, and we're going to read about Israel coming out of Egypt. And I just want to read this as... Uh, um, the book of Numbers, 13th chapter, 13 through uh, 33. I'm just going to read some about how Israel came out. And we're going to see the image, the image that was in them, what was built up. Because remember, 
These were slaves. They were in, they were in Egypt for 430 years. And during that 34 and 30 years, they lived freely for a time until, as the scripture says, until a Pharaoh arose that did not remember Joseph and all the mighty things that he had done there and how he had saved uh, the Egyptians from starvation and had made uh, Pharaoh the richest ruler in all of the Middle East and all of the world because all people came to, came to Egypt because they had grain there. Because this young man who was uh, uh, anointed with wisdom and knowledge and favor was able to bring all riches to uh, Pharaoh in the land of Egypt. But now we see after 430 years, Pharaohs came. They saw the abundance of the, of the uh, Hebrews there. They put them in hard labor. They, were, they, they worked for nothing. They beat them. They killed them. They got so the prophecy came and they heard, oh, we got to start knocking these. Uh, we got to knock them off. We got to diminish them because one day our enemy may attack and the Hebrews may join up with our enemy and overcome us. So they put them in bondage. But one day God heard their cry and after 430 years, they were loosed. God raised up a deliverer named Moses. He took them across the Red Sea and here they are out of Egypt on the other side of the Red Sea. And now Moses is getting ready to, he sent out 12 spies, 12 preachers. He said, 12 leaders, I'm sending you out so that you will bring back a report of the land. So in Genesis 13, uh, 26, we're going to read. And they went out and came to Moses. They went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh. And brought back word unto them, unto all the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. And they said, We came into the land where thou sent us, where you sent us. Surely it flowed with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. It said that uh, they carried one cluster of grapes between the, it took a, a one, uh, took two men to carry one cluster of grapes. Can you imagine how big those grapes were? So what they had heard that the land flowed with milk and honey, what they were saying was, it's an abundant land. It's a, it's a prosperous land. But then they begin to speak of the image that they had. It says, nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land and the cities are walled and very great. Moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the land of the south. Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea, by the coast of Jordan. But Caleb stood up and said, let us go out at once and possess it, for we are well able to do this. And if you just read history on this and go back and read how that the, how that the father had told them, God had told them, I'm sending you to a place where the people are greater in number, they are giants, but I've got your back. I've got you. Fear not. I got you. But remember where they were. Their hearts was, had been in bondage for 400 years. And they had built an image of not enough. The, the image was inside of them was of loss, of, of, of defeat, of being less than. And this is the same way that many of us were. While when we were in the world, you know, we, uh, we didn't have 
uh, uh, the right, we didn't grow up in the right situation. Circumstances determine everything. You might have been born poor, might have been born on the wrong side of the track. You know, your, your, your mom could... Uh, your, your dad could have left you, your mom could have abandoned you, you could have been raised by your uncle or your aunt or your grandmother or by the system. All of these things can, and circumstances can control your image to make you think, I'm not good enough. I'm not wanted. I'm not worth anything. Nobody wants me. But you are not a mistake. The scripture says in Jeremiah 29 11, the father says, I know the thoughts I have for you. He says, I know you. He told Jeremiah in the fifth chapter of, of the book of Jeremiah. He says, I knew you before you entered your mother's womb. I have a plan for you. And this is what I'm telling you today. And the message that we're going to, we, as we're starting out, the image, what image are you allowing to grow on the inside of you? What's built up in you? Are you afraid for the economy? Are you allowing the new uh, version of COVID? Are you so fearful that you refuse to go to church? You refuse to uh, uh, visit family? You refuse to, but you know, we'll go to the movie. We'll go to the game. We'll go to shopping. We'll go to work. But oh no, I'm not going to church. Oh no, I ain't going in there and miss all those people. But we'll do everything. And I'm not coming down on anyone about uh, and, and try to tell you what you can and can't do and how that God's against you. God is not against you. But the scripture says, and your inheritance, your strength is among them that are sanctified, which means you are, you are strengthened when you join together with your other brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. It's the body that strengthens us. It's the body. No church is perfect. No church. You, are, you will never find a perfect church on this earth. And as I've often said, if you found one, the moment you walked in, it becomes imperfect. Because we are meant to be among people. Scripture says how that iron sharpens iron. Uh, a new day, new day uh, version of that is, you know what? There are people that are called sandpaper people. They just rub you the wrong way. And all of us, in some point in life, you may have that person that sits next to you uh, or behind you at church. They may be in, in, at your job. You may, they, they, wherever they may, you may be married to a sandpaper person. But whatever the case may be, they seem to know the right thing to set you off. But God has a plan for you. He's got a plan. So we read on down now to uh, uh, Genesis 13, 30, 32. And it says, And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land though which we have gone to search is a land that's eaten up with the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw it are men of great stature. And then they said the, one of the most pivotal verses for this group of people. It says, And we saw giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sights as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. See, the devil, had, the enemy had given them a false report. That's not what the people thought. If you go on to read how did, uh, God had to take these people, it wasn't the fact that they had sinned. It wasn't the fact that, that they had built the calf. You would think that God would have burned everybody up after they built that calf, that golden calf. 
Matter of fact, when Moses came down, he said, what is this Aaron? Aaron, the, high, the man who was going to be the high priest. He asked him, where'd this come from? And Aaron said, I don't know. It's like the, the, like, it's like the, the, the golden calf that jumped out of the fire when Aaron was the one that fashioned it. But isn't that like God? To take the man who had built a false image and change his heart to where he became the priest of all the people. Why? Because Aaron was an example of Christ. No, Jesus didn't, Jesus didn't build a false image. But what he did was he took on the sins of the people. What did, Aaron, what did, give, what did, God, what did God see in Aaron? Aaron knew he wasn't just a high priest, but he knew by first-hand experience about how that men fall and that how that at one slip men can lose their place. And so he became the high priest because he bore and he walked in with the sacrifice for the sins of the people. He was just an example of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. What did Jesus do? He is our high priest. He took on the sins of the people. And he showed, he showed his love, his kindness for us. He bore sin that he didn't deserve. So that we could have the fullness of God. And yet we, didn't, we don't deserve it. He took what we deserve so that we could take what he deserved. And so when we see this man, these people, they said, we see ourselves as grasshoppers. But if you read on, if you hear the rest of the story, the rest of the story is that when Israel got to, uh, got to uh, the walls of Jericho, got to Jericho, and they sent two spies in, and they spied out the city. And remember Rahab the harlot? She took them. In and one of the first things she said is, we heard about y'all. We heard about 40 years ago, you crossed over the river. You crossed over, uh, 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 you crossed over the Red Sea. And we know, we know you are here now. We were filled with fear of the God that could do such a thing. They feared the, they feared the Hebrews. They feared the children of Israel. But because they had so much of Egypt in them, that if you would go and read Psalm 78 around the 40, 41st verse, God said, I rejected this people. He said, they will not enter into my rest in Psalms four, uh, 78. Why? Because they limited the Holy One of Israel. Not because of their lackness. God knew who they were. He knows who you are. He knows where you fall short. He knows that where, where, you, where you lack. But Jesus said, my grace is sufficient. For my strength is made perfect in your weakness. That's why Paul said, most gladly therefore will I glory in my infirmities. That the power of Christ may work in me and through me and for me and in me. This is what God wants us to do. Because if the image of God is formed in you, you will then become bold to do the work of God. Knowing that it's God, it's the Christ in me. It's the hope of glory in me. When you allow the hope of God to build an image of an overcomer, of, a, of that you are more than a conqueror, and you begin to see the inner you, the inner me, you see the inner me who is victorious. The inner me has the power of God 
inside of you, inside of you, believer, is God. God is on the inside of you. God, by the, in the presence of the Holy Spirit, God is on the inside of you. Not some spirit, as I said before, but the God of heaven and earth dwells on the inside of you. And he is just waiting to fellowship. He is just waiting to reveal his love to you in any and every way that you will allow him to. See, many times we say we're waiting. Oh, I'm just waiting on God. No, God is waiting on you. Because the work that God had to be done on the earth was finished on the cross. The last thing Jesus said was what? It is finished. Everything that grace has provided for us was finished on the cross. Now it's up to us to allow it to be manifested by us taking on the image of God. Well, preacher, how can I do that? How can I do that? Paul began to speak to the Galatians. Let's read. The, Paul began to speak to the Galatians. I believe it's Galatians uh, 4. I think it's Galatians 4.19. They were the, 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 uh, the Galatians had had what was called Judaizers, people that wanted to go back under the law. They wanted everybody to live under the Ten Commandments and plus the 603 laws that encompass the law. And they wanted them to become circumcised. They wanted them to follow all of the Jewish traditions. And as I've said before in many other teachings, the law was perfect. The problem with the law was nobody could live it. As James said to all the keepers of the law, if you offend in one, you offend in all. So if you say, I'm going to go back to the old way, I'm going to go back to living under the law and keeping the King commandments, then you spit in Jesus' face. For Christ is the end of the law because he fulfilled it. He is, his request for us now is to live under the law of love and the law of faith. For the scripture says, he who began a good work in you shall finish it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Philemon 1 and 6 says, he that, uh, uh, he that be, not only he that began a good work in you shall finish unto the day of Jesus Christ, but as you have received Christ, so walk ye in him. That's Philemon 1 and 6. As you received him. Well, how did you, how did we receive him? We received him by faith. Christ is built up in us. The image of Christ. Let's go a little further with that. That's over in the book of, uh, book of Romans. Let me read Romans 12th chapter. And this is what Paul is saying to us about how the image of God is built in us. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. He's, Paul is saying, you got to get your mind right. How, are you, how does your mind become right? By feasting on the word of God. And we have a whole series about feasting, about taking in God's word, taking in uh, uh, the promises and the love of Christ and receiving that's a better word than, take, than taking, receiving what God has already done for you. Receiving his righteousness. We are the righteousness of God. When, he, when you were saved, do you know that when you were saved, when Christ came into your life, you became righteous? 
just like faithful Abraham. That's why we're called the seed of Abraham, because we are blessed such as Abraham was. There was no law. There was no Ten Commandments when Abraham received the promise of God over in the book of uh, uh, Genesis, around 12th chapter. And you read how from 12 to 14 and 15, how that God gave him promises that Abraham did not keep by the law. He kept them by faith. And then we get to Romans 3 and 4. It talks about how that Abraham was justified by faith. God called him right. He was called. That's what justified means. He was called just and righteous because he was a man that believed God. He was not perfect because you know the history of Abraham. You know he was not perfect. But yet he believed. He grew in his faith. He wasn't a perfect man when he started out. But when he finished, he, he, it was his record. You can look back over his life and see. How did God bless them time after time after time? He did not judge him for his evil that he did. When he told Pharaoh and Amalek and, 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 and Abimelech, that no, this is my, you know, this, I, no, I don't, you know, uh, uh, Sarah's my, she, she my half, she my, she my, she my, she my sister. Knowing it wasn't right, but it was fear. But what did God do? He kept working with him. Step by step, day by day, the father brought him along until later on when he was fully established in their faith. And the father came and in the form of an, uh, of, a, of an angel and told him, about this time, your wife is going to conceive a child. The first time he told Abraham that, Abraham laughed. When Sarah heard him say it, she laughed. And God got such a sense of humor. He told them, you know what? When you get your son, name him Isaac. You know what Isaac means? It means laughter. Because God, he loves us so. He loves us so. That he, by his grace, we, he said, by grace we are saved through faith. Because of the image that grace will build in you. And let's go back over. I didn't think I read uh, Galatians uh, 14. I don't think I read, read Galatians uh, 14, I'm sorry, 4 and 19. He says, my little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. Christ will be formed in you, formed in you, built up. You ever heard of people building a form, a form to, to build, construct a house? I worked with, when I first came to Georgia, that's what they, we, they would, we would do. We would build to build the, uh, the foundation. We would first build a form that could hold the cement. And we put down rods into the uh, cement so that uh, when it hardened, there would be some structure in it. It wouldn't just crack. But they didn't want the cement too, too soupy or too wet. Or, nor did they want it too, too hard because it would harden too quick. But those men were professionals. And we built the, they built the form. They got the, uh, they got the, they had called the truck in. They put those metal rods in it. And that's what they built, hundreds of houses. My job was just deliver the material, the housing material. But what I'm saying to you, though, is that these men built form. And that's what the word of God is doing for all of us. He's forming inside of us. He's forming. Your spirit man is complete. 
Your soulish man, your, which is your mind, will, and emotion. He's the one that when we go back over here to Romans 12, Romans 12 and uh, uh, 2, it says, after he said, make your body a living sacrifice in verse number 1, Romans 12 and 2 says, and be not conformed to this word. In other words, don't build up, don't be built up according to the world. Because the world is going to ebb and flow with every wind and doctrine. With everything that comes along. With every, the, the, every, every, every fall, there's going to be something else about the new flu, about the new variation of COVID, about the new, uh, uh, about how that the economy is falling apart, how that the new war, they're now predicting. The other general came out the other day and said, by 2025, there's going to be a war with China. Can you imagine all the fear? All the things that's, that's, that's out there. But what did Jesus say? Little children, fear not. I'm with you. I'll be with you always. You have God himself on the inside of you. What we must do is let the Christ be formed in us. Christ, the hope of glory. Christ, the son of God. The grace of God. Scripture says the law came by Moses. The law couldn't, 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 uh, only thing the law did was show us sin. It revealed sin. It revealed the sin of adultery, the sin of stealing and lying, the sin of covetousness, the sin of having an idol God. It revealed sin. Paul said over in uh, the book of uh, Romans, he said that when there wasn't a law, I had no issue. But when the law came, he said, man, I couldn't live it. It revealed sin in me. It showed me my lack, my error, my fall. But grace came to show us God and the love of God. Does that mean that we continue in sin? Do you keep on coveting and lusting after your neighbor's wife or your, or your friend's husband? Do you keep on living the alternative lifestyle when Christ, when Christ has clearly shown us what he designed for us? Will we keep on cheating on our taxes and, 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 and lying about it? Claiming uh, somebody else's grandmother? No, no, no. Paul would only say, shall we continue in sin? He said, God forbid, because the grace in you, the Christ formed in you, Wants to take you higher and higher and higher until you are formed in the image in you is that of a son. Say so what you say, preacher. I said until the image in you is likened to that of a son. And why is that important? It's important because you've got to know that you are a son of God. So why you say that? I'm talking about to every woman. I'm talking to every man. You are a son of God. So I'm on as we end today, and this is where we'll pick up on our next lesson. We're going to go to Galatians, third chapter, and this is in uh, Galatians three and twenty-five. Galatians three twenty-five, and it reads, "But after faith has come." We are no longer under schoolmaster. And the schoolmaster, if you read prior, talks about the law. The law. And what did we just read the previous verse? 
Galatians 3.24. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster, meaning it was our instructor. It gave us the do nots to bring us unto Christ that we may be justified by faith. In other words, we are righteous by what we believe. But after faith has come, we're no longer under a schoolmaster, which is the law. For you are all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Remember what I read earlier in Philemon 1 and 6, how it says that as you have received Christ, so walk ye in him. How do we receive him? Receive him? We received him by faith. For as many, verse number 27, I'm not going to hope, hope uh, you will read some of these scriptures that I'm giving today. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So we put on him. He's formed in us. God's in you. Yeah, pat your belly. He's, he's in you. Jesus said that out of your belly shall flow. That's where the Holy Spirit resides, in your inner man. Your inner man. The inner me. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. So we read on. And this is what I want to get. He said, there is neither Jew nor Greek. Chapter, verse number 28. There is neither bond nor free. It doesn't matter about your current condition. This is who you are in the sight of God. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ. We are all sons. So why do you say that? He said, because he said, for if ye be in Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. And what? And heirs according to the promise. See, under the law, the, the, the inheritance went to the firstborn son. You know, that could have been $27 before. But if there was one son, he got the inheritance. But in Christ, we are all sons. And we all have the inheritance. Therefore, my sister, you are the, a son. You can claim the inheritance of a son. That's why you are not a second-class citizen. You are not the back of the bus. You are not less than. You are not. You can lead by the grace of God, just like a man can lead by the grace of God. Because if you don't have his grace, then you're walking in self. What is self? It means that you are self-minded, not spirit Minded. So that the Bible calls it spiritually minded, being of the mind, of the flesh, and of the spirit. To be spiritually minded is I'm led by the Christ in me. The image in me is built up in on the word of God. So when I hear something that, that don't sound right in my spirit, I check it by the word. If it's not in the word, the stop sign goes up to oh nope. Can't go, can't do that. No, man, bro, you, you, can't, you can't live in my house. You, you put a ring on it. Famous poet of our day said that you got to put a ring on it. That's what she said. Nope, hold up. Bro, no, don't have a comb. So now, oh, wait, wait a minute. This is what how I've got to live. That's why I'm living. And if we're going to be together, we're going to live according to the word of God. I know that's not popular. I know it, it's, it's hard. But the scripture said the way of the transgressor is hard. It's hard. That's why we have grace. And some people say, well, preacher, you know, I'm in a relationship as such. God is able, my sister, my brother. God is able. Put your relationship in the hand of God. Let him help you. Put your health in the hand of God. If you are sick today, 
Let the image that you see. That's why it's important to meditate on the word of God so that when you close your eyes, you see yourself as healed. You see yourself as delivered. You see your relationship healed, whole and well. You see yourself walking as a son. As a son. You see now King uh, Charles, now the new king of England. He is a son. He was the son that was waiting in line. There were others, but he was the son. And he's the chosen one. Well, in this life, we are the sons of God. And that's why I want to start with next time. That you've been chosen for such a time as this. So whether you're male or female, black or white, Jew or Gentile, you are a son of God. You are holy. You are righteous. If you are born again, you are holy. You are righteous. You have access to the things of God in everything. Why do our scripture say we can boldly come before the throne of grace, crying, Abba, Father. I pray you got, again, got something out of this teaching today. I pray, and I believe you did, that the word of God is formed in you. Christ is formed in you. As Paul said, as he spoke in Galatians 4.19, he says, as I labor again. And see, if any of you are mothers, you know what it is to labor to bring a child into this world. Paul labored with them in the word. He taught them constantly. He lived a life of sacrifice, showing them this is what you do. That's why he wasn't ashamed to say, follow me as I follow Christ. And see, if you know the word, you can, you, can, you can check the preacher. I didn't say you had to make a 24-hour a, a examination of him, but you can know his heart. You can know her heart. And you can see if, if, if she's walking by the word. And it's a God-called woman. She's a woman that can lead us as pastor, as apostle, as bishop, whatever the case may be. He can lead us as pastor, apostle, or bishop, or teacher. He can teach us. She can teach us. And we can humble ourselves and submit ourselves to the sons of God. Son. Yes, my sister, you are a son. You are an heir. And that's why you are a joint heir in Christ and not a second-class citizen. Yes, you may be a single mom. Yes, you may be a divorced mom or a widowed mom. You are a son of God with access into the kingdom and able to come to your loving father and say, Daddy, Abba, help me. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the words that we've spoken. I pray for those who have heard us today, Lord, that they will receive this word by faith and that Christ truly will be born in them, the image of your dear Son and all of us as we walk this walk and live this life, Lord. We receive you by faith for any who are not saved. I pray for them, Lord, that they will receive Christ by faith, knowing that he's forgiven us of all of our sins and that we can be washed in his blood by faith and be declared a son of God. We thank you for all things and pray till we meet again on Journeys in Grace. All is well. In Jesus' name, amen.